Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And with me here is my wife, Kate. Hello. And my wife's here too, Emily. Hi. And today we're talking about couples and money. That's right, Matt. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited that our wives are here and that we're going to be able to talk about like our financial faux pas and the things that we've done well together, kind of how we've you know built our finances as couples and hopefully... Yeah, uh, with our wives. Yeah, and hopefully have um, some takeaways for the audience out there. And we actually have some audience questions that we're going to feature in this episode that we got from our Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the Facebook group yet, you really should sign up. Yeah, man. And hopefully if this goes well too, we'll do some more episodes like this or like a shorter version where we kind of answer some questions for folks that write in. I think that'd be awesome. If you've got some questions that you want answered on the show, feel free to shoot an email to us. All right. And we should let people know. Obviously, this is a special episode because our wives are here, right, baby? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Well, we're also, we're recording this at the beach on vacation with our families. And so this is kind of a fun treat to get to record an episode while we're chilling together for a week. Yeah, man, this is the uh, annual company retreat. <laughs> Not quite a retreat, but we're all together here in an Airbnb. And this isn't the first time that we've shared an Airbnb as well. But I'll say, Kate, this is maybe one of the smaller Airbnbs that we've been in. 
Yes, we have four kiddos in one room, two sets of bunk beds. So this might be a super short podcast. <laughs> we'll see um, how that goes. Yeah, let's hope they stay asleep. Are you guys a fan of the uh, tomato motif that they have all over the house? <laughs> Dude, there's tomatoes everywhere. <laughs> I can't even describe it really, but there's just lots more tomatoes than you would think they could actually include in one space. Tomato <laughs> explosion. <laughs> Most definitely a tomato explosion. <laughs> oh man, and and what's great about the house though too is it does have a pool. So we're in we're at Jack's Beach down in Florida, and sweet pool. It's heated, and it's got a little cabana, and the name of the cabana is tomato spelled backwards. So we're <laughs> so we're not joking. Literally, there are tomatoes all over the kitchen, tomato plates and old tomato cans and stuff like that. And then the, the name of the cabana, tomato spelled backwards. Uh, the people obviously enjoy tomatoes here, right? Um, it's impressive. I mean, I feel like that's typical for like a standard beach rental, you know, what you find on Airbnb. This isn't like the chic monotone. <laughs> tomatoes are all over. No, this is not typical. <laughs> is it not? No, there's so many tomatoes. There's a tomato wreath. Yeah, literally. It's like a Christmas wreath, but tomatoes. <laughs> red and green. Well, you can't discriminate, right? You got to have red and green tomatoes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, this is one way we like to... You know, hang out together as friends and save money at the same time. We we go in together, get a beach house together. We save a ton of money. We what pool our resources, and I mean, Kate does a ton of the cooking, which is awesome. Have you you guys enjoyed some of the meals so far? Yeah, I would say Kate's cooking might be the highlight of our trip, <laughs> next to the beach. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and we, the crazy thing is, we have five girls total, and then there's four of us, or so nine people in this house. Uh, it's a three bedroom one bath house <laughs> there is a small bathroom on the back side of the pool like that's made of concrete and doesn't feel like a real bathroom um but so it's kind of fun and campy a little bit but it, yeah, know, we're saving money having fun definitely campy yeah <laughs> there's a drain in a bathroom and so the bathroom is a shower and so i don't exactly know how that works but i think it does live in that hashtag pnp life dog yeah, and something else, man, that we discovered uh, totally randomly was the Southern Swells Brewing, which is an amazing local craft brewery that has been open for about a year. Uh, yeah, Joel and I were driving up to Publix to uh, grab a few things that we forgot and totally stopped in. They are making some awesome beers. We got a flight, which was very delicious, and we liked it so much that we... We got some beers and brought them home. Yeah, got to feature some of these, uh, one of these Southern Swell beers on the podcast after hitting up their tasting room. Um, and yeah, we hit up the brewery. Fortunately, the girls were mostly asleep or the wives might have been more upset, maybe. Yeah, it was fortunate it was during nap time. <laughs> but, you know, we brought beer back. So I think all is well. So on that note, we should crack it. Yeah, so we got these 16 ounce four packs, which means we each get a pint. Oh, man. Okay, so if you have a vacation rental or an Airbnb, just make sure you have at least pint glasses. Or, I mean, ideally, you'd have a tulip glass as well. But man, if you had a pint, just some basic pint glasses, I don't want to knock our house here. But man, it would be great if the cups weren't just red plastic. Proper glassware would be <laughs> a major plus. <laughs> hey, so next time I'm putting that on our packing list, we're bringing our own tulip glasses. That's pretty nerdy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Matt. So this is pouring like a hazy orange, like grading up into like a yellow at the top. Beautiful, beautiful color. Yeah, I'll go ahead and state that this is it's an IPA, but this is a New England style IPA. So it's got that quintessential sort of hazy, juicy kind of orange juice looking look to it. So let's get the flavor reviews first from our wives. 
Okay, I'll go first. So I don't always love these hazy IPAs, but I really do love this one because I feel like it has more of a pine edge to it. And I'm more about the pine, like West Coast style IPAs. And this is a little more along that line where some of them I feel like are a little too orangey and a little too sweet and a little too thick. But this is not. This is great. I love this. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I love a hazy IPA. Actually, IPAs are probably my favorite category of beer. It's nice and juicy. It's perfect to drink on the beach. Yeah, and Emily actually actually introduced me to IPAs because when I first met her, I was slumming it with the brown ales and the stouts. And I feel like she kind of introduced me to some of the, the more bitter beers. And so thank, thanks, baby. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel, is that kind of how it starts with like the brown ales and the stouts like when you're in college, I feel like? I think it starts with the Miller Lite <laughs> and Coors Light maybe. But as far as like getting into the craft beers. Or maybe even a Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> you just got ice. <laughs> that, that, that has like no element of class to it, I think. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Turbo Dog? I bet you drank Turbo Dog, Emily, in uh, Abita. Wait, no? Um, yes. Oh, did you really? Dude, I drank tur- Turbo Dog all the time when I was living up in North Carolina. That brown ale. Legit, I would have that. That's when I learned how to drink beer in the shower because that was a thing. <laughs> so I was like, you, can, you need to have a cold beer in the shower. It's like it's called a shower beer and you'll love it. And what, I did. What else would you, would you call a beer in the shower? I don't know. Shower beer sounds appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a better name for it? A good morning? <laughs> oh, no. I shower at night, so it's a it's appropriate. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess it's good for you. That's why you shower at night, so you can have a beer. I mean, I don't have beer in the shower like every single night, but you know, every now and then, it's a, it's a nice thing. Like wine in the bathtub. Makes sense. It's, it's my version of wine in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Are there candles and bubbles? <laughs> No, there is a Lutha. <laughs> so I think we need to take the whole family to that tasting room because you and I have swung by there twice now <laughs> without the family while we've... We've been here four days. <laughs> Hashtag deadbeat dads. Well, I mean, we got we to gotta pick up stuff at Publix. Hey, so- how many times have we been at? <laughs> oh, we should go to that brewery. Maybe tomorrow and the next day. <laughs> no, for real though, I think we're going to take the whole family because they've got a great tasting room. They've got uh, like that washer toss game I saw. All I know is I saw other kids running around there and I think it'll be a blast. Yeah, no dad left behind. You can't leave us. We got to be there. <laughs> but seriously, if you're in Jack's Beach, totally check out Southern Swell's great tasting room area and the beers. Like they've got I mean, a ton of New England style IPAs yeah. and then some great sours and uh, other stuff too. Their, their beers were phenomenal. Let's get into the subject at hand. I think people want to hear what our wives think about our oddities with money. And uh, like I said, we had some uh, questions from the Facebook group. The first one was about beer. So let's stick to the beer theme for one second until we actually get into the money. Why not? Uh, but Rob said, uh, ladies, what are your favorite beer styles and what styles do you detest? Em, you want to take this one first? So typically, like I said, IPAs are one of my favorite. But currently, for the summertime, I'm really into the Creature Comforts Paradiso. They're cherry sour. Mm. So good. I love drinking one of those at the porch on the porch at night after the kids are down. It's perfect. Beer I don't like is the Guza, Goose, Goose. <laughs> what is it? The Goza or the Goose? Which one? That's really, really funky. Okay. They're just really Goose. Funky. Goose. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into the Goose. I just can't get on board with that funk. Which is sad because that's like one of my all-time favorite styles. That's the like super funky, it takes years to make Belgian style beer that spontaneously ferments. And I'm a huge fan, but you know what? We can still be married. We can still get along, even though you don't like the goose. So as I mentioned before, West Coast style IPAs are my jam for sure. 
least favorite detest is a strong word but least favorite beers are probably belgian beers in general i just i can't get behind triples i really can't it's just not my thing at all and i would have said i don't like any belgian beers at all except that you recently had oligash curio at home and actually thought that was pretty great it was, it, maybe it was like a nostalgia thing because it's one of the first bigger more craft beers that i have ever had but it was pretty great so maybe i don't have a beer that i detest just a country <laughs> just belgium guys don't ever go there their beers are terrible and if you listen to this podcast i'm pretty sure you know what beers joel and i like yeah let's just move on if you don't there's 21 previous episodes <laughs> you can check those out we've been drinking a lot of good stuff all right, so first question, and we can alternate who starts first, but uh, I'll ask M this one first. So, M, when did you first realize that my relationship to money is just a little bit different than the way most people relate to money? Well, I think I kind of knew it right off the bat because you worked for Clark Howard and worked in the financial realm, and you know, we you just were always talking about money, so I knew it was important. But then, as I started to meet your friends and family and they would share some interesting stories about you. I kind of got a better picture of, Oh, please do tell. I need to hear these <laughs> of how you thought about money. And I just, my favorite one was the one, I think you were in college, maybe even high school and you had invited maybe four or five friends over to grill hamburgers. <laughs> I will never live this one down <laughs> and you should not ever. So as you had grilled hamburgers, everybody had, eating their food, just relaxing, sitting around. And you're like, okay, that'll be a few dollars for the coal that we used. <laughs> and you charged <laughs> all of your friends. Wait, like the charcoal? Yes. Oh my God. You charged all of your friends the charcoal you had used to grill their burgers after King they had eaten. <laughs> Kingsford Scrooge over here, man. Holy No crap. one knew it was coming before <laughs> you had invited them. So I just, I thought, huh, there's some interesting thoughts he's got about money. True story. I'm ashamed of it now, <laughs> I will admit. And I think I've grown a little bit since those days, hopefully. So, but yes, okay, that's a good that's a good place to start. I like that. <laughs> so Kate, how about you? Were there any uh, red flags that popped up early on when we first uh, like started dating or engaged? Let's hear it. Well, we're going to back up before dating or engaged what? to the first time I met Matt, he was wearing shoes that had previously been thrown away by his dad. Nice. There are old gray New Balances that Matt had repurposed into sandals by <laughs> cutting off the backs and the toes. No, no. No? The toes had just blown out. The toes so. still existed. <laughs> the toes were partially there, yeah, yeah. so they had blown out. But and you were like, who's that hottie in the funky new sandals, right? I mean, I was like, how can how is no one saying anything about this? <laughs> what is his deal? And so I found out right away that like he just needed some shoes one day and just wanted them to be sandals but that's all he had at the moment so he just like made it happen i will say i'm pretty sure i was ahead of my time because i think a couple years after that i saw some sneakers that literally were created that way that were manufactured without the backs all the way down to the sole and they you know they look like the birkenstock clogs sort of but they were tennis shoes that was me <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea you're welcome new balance <laughs> that's definitely true it became a thing after that and it was clear that like he didn't choose to make these sandals because he couldn't afford sandals. It was more because there was the principle here and these shoes were perfectly good and he was just going to wear them. Yes. I'm all about that principle. I respected that, <laughs> even though it was just really bizarre. 
Did they smell weird? I never got so close to find <laughs> out. This also might explain my cutoff shorts uh, that I tend to... Ro- Dude, we're in Florida, and I did not bring my jorts. Oh, I- oh no. Oh, missed I, opportunity. I was wondering where they were. <laughs> you fit right in. I do have my other cutoff shorts, but I mean, when you're done with pants, repurpose them, right? That's just part of... Uh, that's one of the tenets. Recycle, reuse, re- I don't know. What is it? Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes, that, that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you kind of, you know, grown to love that and who I am. Uh, <laughs> any other, any other things you want to share? So many, but I feel like we should move on. <laughs> I'll say one, maybe. Okay, okay, one, one more. more. So the first time Matt, Matt uh, used to take me in his car to church on Sundays. And when we got in his Jeep, I realized there was like this live wire <laughs> and this toggle switch between the driver's seat and the passenger's seat. And I reached for it and said, what does this do? And Matt said, don't touch it. It's live. <laughs> That's a shock wire. Don't touch that. <laughs> Turns out the radiator fan was not working in his Jeep. So instead of getting it fixed at the dealership or at any other place, he rigged it himself to a little toggle switch between the seats. And he would turn it on himself to cool down the engine when it needed it. It's just one of many. There are just so many. I don't even know where to go with it. That's right. I mean, you don't need the fan to run all the time just when the temperature starts creeping up towards the pink I or think, the orange. <laughs> I think we could just change the name of this episode to Kate's List and just <laughs> just run through it real quick. You want to do that? Uh, no, we'll move on. Okay. You got Emily's. You have uh, one more thing that you want to share about Joel? Anything well, weird? We've had a recent adventure in car wrapping. For those of you who may not know, like I did not know, you can actually take your car to go get wrapped in an advertisement and then you get paid for however many miles you put on your car so Joel had been talking about this for a while and he decided to go with it and we got our car wrapped our little Nissan leaf wrapped in a big huge advertisement (laughs) for Salesforce (laughs) and it's like shout out Salesforce (laughs) you don't get paid for that (laughs) Yeah, there's there's no bonus there dude it's a free shout out free shout out and so I see him pull up and you know our black small, tiny, inconspicuous car is now blue with this giant bear on the back and some fluffy clouds down the side. <laughs> Big advertisement. Dude, it's cute though. I saw it. I, like when I saw it, I was just like, that's actually not that bad. It looked yeah, pretty cute. If you're going to be a mobile advertisement, it's not bad. It's it's somewhat classy. <laughs> could, could be a lot worse. Uh, <laughs> it could be a lot worse. But you're just probably used to me, my harebrained ideas to make a little bit of extra money or save a little bit of extra money. Like those come along... How often would you say? <laughs> oh, I mean, daily. <laughs> I mean, I, I really can't even keep count. I should keep a little notebook. But it was kind of like, okay, well, we'll give this experiment a try for these two months and see how it goes. And we'll report back on that, by yeah. the way. So, okay. I, I will say it's garnished a lot of attention. <laughs> Do the lot. kids like it? Do the girls like it? They think it's cute because there's these little stuffed animal looking things on the very back of the car. And they're like, Daddy, your car is like blue now. And it's got these little animals. And so they kind of dig it. Um, but yeah. if they were a little bit older, they might be completely embarrassed. Our neighbors are just mostly confused. So we've had to explain a few times what's going on. <laughs> but they're down with it. So that's good. They, they also know how weird I am, I think. So it flies. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Then the next question is from Chelsea, and this was also posted on our Facebook group. And so she asked, do you have any advice for newlyweds in handling finances together? And I'll go ahead and mention this as well. I mean, this is a big reason why we ha- we're having our wives on to, to talk with us as well is because talking through finances with your spouse or with a significant other is just kind of tricky sometimes. And, you know, we don't have it all figured out, but I think it's definitely helpful for folks to hear from our wives kind of how we talk about things. And at least there'll be some insights uh, that you folks can kind of maybe garner from these conversations. But yeah, Kate, so do you have any advice maybe for newlyweds who are talking about their finances together for the first time together? I think if you have just 
gotten married or you're just dating, I think it's good to take that time to do the hard work in the beginning. Like go ahead and hash out where you've been financially, how you were raised financially, what that makes you think when it comes to spending your money, how you spend your money and why. And I just think like talking through, you, you can't talk about it enough, really. Like you've got to really get everything on the table so that when it comes time to make a budget, you know where the other person is coming from and you can be sensitive and kind when it comes to setting amounts for certain things or making goals or coming together on a certain vision. Yes, I totally agree with Kate. I think self-awareness is a big part of talking about money because really money represents a lot of things, security or the way you were raised. Like it, Money is not just about numbers, obviously. it's It comes with a lot of attachments. So you need to be aware of kind of how you view money and what's important to you and then just communicate, communicate, communicate. I mean, I feel like we had to talk about things and then go back and think about what the other person said and then come back and talk about them again. And I think a perfect example of that when we were newly married is that I had wanted a new pair of running shoes and because mine were completely worn out and like my great new balances (laughs) only if only I'd known those were available, maybe I would have taken those. Um, but I'd wanted a new pair of shoes and I was going to the store to buy them and you kind of jumped on me and was like, you know, you need to research and find a good deal. You can't just go out and buy the shoes And that hurt my feelings because I was like, well, I need this. I'm not just being frivolous. What about, you know, these new jeans that you just bought and this beer that you just bought? And to Joel, what was important when you were shopping is that you got a discount. And to me, I was just thoughtful about my purchases. So it wasn't as personal as it felt in the moment. It's not really as personal. You know, we're on the same team. and That's important to remember. We just had to talk through, well, what did the shoes represent to me and what did it represent to you? And so, yeah, I just... Totally agree with Kate said. Be self-aware and communicate continually about what the money's actually attached to because that's really where the fights go. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that uh, like for me, when I was like super young and we weren't married, it, it was easy to not have a budget and to just kind of be frugal and and know that you know most of my money was going into savings and planning for future events. So then when we got married, I, I wasn't keeping a very good budget because I was only buying things really that were meaningful to me. And then so when we got married, it was you're completely taking into account someone else. And that takes a lot of talking and that takes a lot of intentionality. And it also, I think for us, took a lot of actually putting numbers down on paper because we uh, were talking past each other or I think the fact that we didn't have a good budget to go off of that... Uh, that really hurt us for the first year of marriage because we couldn't point to specific things. It was, it was more theory. It was more, you know, Oh, this happened yesterday or last week, but we didn't actually, you know, have numbers to go on that kind of solidified where we were putting our funds. And so, yeah, I think for us, it really helped to communicate about money when we actually saw things on paper, Hey, you're spending this much on this and that's important to you. And you know what? We each have our own separate amounts that we can spend each month now. And that just gives a lot of freedom as opposed to, you know, questioning every purchase that each other makes. Now we have a fund or a certain amount allotted, right? That it doesn't matter how you spend that. And if you need help finding a deal or whatever, I'm happy to help you. But if you just want to go out and do your thing, that's great. And I buy a $18 bottle of beer or something and you probably think that's crazy, but it's part of my budget. So it, it works. 
I would just like to mention that Emily shook her head yes when you said <laughs> <laughs> buy an $18 bottle of beer and you think that's crazy. <laughs> so I was just going to say just don't date anyone with a credit score less than like 720. <laughs> I mean, that would just be an easier way to do it, right? There's no doubt that I had a credit score less than that when we started dating. <laughs> that actually would be reasonable advice. To that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, no, I, I agree with y'all. I think what y'all said is great. Kate, you touched on this as well. You, you mentioned goals. I think that's so huge, right? And so, Joel, I mean, we've, we've done an episode recently about the why behind money. I think when you identify what it is that you're working towards, you've, you've created a goal, essentially, right? And then when you, when you have a spouse or a significant other, you're working towards that goal. And so, I mean, so if you've achieved that goal together, then you're a team. You're working together and you can achieve so much more when you're both on the same page. You're both going after something. And that changes everything. I totally agree with Matt. And to flip the inverse of that is to say... You know, you're not, when you disagree, you're not working against each other. It's not personal, these disagreements. That's why it's so important to communicate because I think sometimes if Joel doesn't want to spend money on me or spend money the way I want to spend it, it can feel personal, but, but it's not. We're on the same team. You know, we're not only working towards these goals together. If there's a disagreement, we're still on the same team. And so it's so important to communicate because it's, it's not personal necessarily. Yeah, Joel just doesn't hate your tennis shoes, right? <laughs> right. He doesn't want me to not run. <laughs> he just wanted me to get a deal. And I will say to the conclusion of that story was that I said, okay, that's fine. You have two days to find me a pair of tennis shoes at a discount. And if you can't, then I'm going to buy the shoes that I want. And he came through. And in two days, he found me the exact pair of tennis shoes that I wanted specifically with like a $25 off coupon. So I was really impressed. I mean, that's kind of my gift. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she was probably like, keeper. Which I think I mentioned at one point in the previous episode that the most difficult thing I had to deal with money-wise was I loved finding a deal. And so sometimes I would buy things that I didn't need just because they were a deal. And that's a terrible way to live as well. And so I've really cut down on that uh, a lot and just kind of avoiding purchasing uh, and, and also sometimes spending more on things that I think will last me a lot longer. But that is my gift. If you need a deal, if you need a coupon code, if you need to find something cheaper, let me know. I'll hunt it down for you. Man, it is a gift. You're like all about the chase, right? Like the you're like the thrill of the hunt. I'm like a cheetah in that way. <laughs> what do I do when I get it? I don't know. It goes in the closet. <laughs> I know we've passed the idiosyncrasies question, but this does remind me of the time you ordered like 10 boxes of Cheez-Its on the internet because <laughs> they were on sale. They were delivered to the front door and I opened it up and was like, what is this? And where do I keep these Cheez-Its? Y'all didn't even have kids then, right? No, no. We're two adults going to eat 10 boxes of Cheez-Its. I love Cheez-Its. <laughs> the perfect snack with craft beer. <laughs> so uh, piggybacking sort of off that question then, Kate, do you feel like our conversations about money uh, have progressed over the years? Yes, definitely. I feel like they are more factual now and less emotional, honestly, because we've dealt with a lot of uh, the baggage that we have regarding money. And so I feel like when we talk about it now, we know, like Emily was saying, like we're on the same team no matter what. So we don't really need to feel as personally offended if if we disagree. So yeah, I feel like they've gotten, the conversations have gotten less emotional and shorter because it's just like, oh wait, the grocery budget isn't working out because there's so many diapers. So we need to up that by 20 bucks a month. Okay, cool. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like our conversations have become a little more automated because like you said, we, we know that we are on the same team and then 
if something if there is something that kind of pops up it's sort of automatic we just know that like okay this this sort of needs to be done now there isn't a huge conversation that needs to take place and we just kind of make a quick decision and then move on yes and that comes from shared goals that we've hashed out over hours and hours and have agreed on and so those goals are stated now and we can kind of look back at them and kind of assess what changes we want to make how it lines up with those goals and we can do that pretty analytically at this point so that's actually a lot easier it's a lot less like philosophical and broad than it was in the beginning where we really had to have conversations about how we feel about certain things and those conversations were super important and I'm glad that we spent so much time having those conversations but now it it doesn't really look like that for the most part I will say that the hours and hours thing is like really important, right? If you want to be really good at something, it takes a lot of time. And so those conversations, you know, having them over time, like the first year, you probably won't be very good at them. Um, but hopefully you can learn quickly and gather wisdom from other other places. But the more you talk, the more you keep the lines of communication open, the more you, you're probably going to shut down here and there, but the more you can reopen them quickly and start talking about those things again you know, the more likely you are to get on the same page more quickly. And so uh, spending time doing the hard work, talking about those things, sitting down with a good beer and chatting about money and where yes. what your goals are, right? Like th- those are those are huge things in the process of becoming better at communicating as a couple about money. Yeah, I think maybe a cup of coffee rather than that beer. <laughs> it's probably my two cents. We could do uh, pour over, not pour. Ooh, what? Oh, I like that. Uh, and one final thing I want to say to newlyweds, I think it's a big question of whether you have everything in the same account or separate accounts and kind of ha- how you handle those things. And I think part of that depends on the couple in particular. If you're older getting married, usually, like let's say you're in your late 20s, 30s, uh, 40s, whatever, and you've been living on your own for quite some time and used to spending money in your own way and handling your own finances, I think it's okay to keep your accounts separate, but I think ultimately it is a good goal to strive for in marriage to have your accounts together. I know it just can be harder to to marry those accounts. Like the older that you get, you know, the more time you've had living on your own under your own uh, financial rules and regulations. But that's definitely a conversation that you should have. Talk about the pros and cons of combining into one account or keeping your finances separate. But really, when you're entering into a marriage. You're combining so many things. You're creating a new family. And so uh, I think ultimately the best thing to do is to work towards having a one account and everything flowing together. Uh, but certainly that comes down to a personal decision. That's what we have both chosen to do as couples. But you know, definitely think through it. That's an important decision that needs to be made you know, as newlyweds. Okay. And newlywed or otherwise, like you can make this decision at any point in your relationship. You don't have to be newlywed or dating or even recently married. Like if you've decided that this is the direction we're going to go together, you start whenever you start and you just pick up, you start having hard conversations. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years in, you just decide together that you're going to do it and then you just go for it. You just dive right in, have those conversations and start figuring some things out. You don't have to be newlywed. I know this was a newlywed advice question, but Mm -hmm. I really think you can start this at any point and, and it can so be beneficial. Yeah, and I totally agree with Kate and to kind of tie together what Kate and Joel are saying, I think the reason we think it's important is because trust is really important when it comes to combining money. You're living your life so closely with your partner. Whether you have separate accounts or not, you have to trust your teammate. And so you need to start asking those questions, as as Kate's saying. At any point, you can do that. But trust is pretty fundamental 
to combining your finances and communicating about it and self-awareness. These are all really important factors for anyone in any relationship dealing with their income together. Nice, man. That's so true. I love that. All right. Next question comes from Katie, also on our Facebook page. Uh, She wants to know what's been our biggest financial disagreement. M? This is kind of a tough one. I would say, so again, being newly married, I don't think we had huge blow ups over money, but we had a lot of small little tiffs where we had to continue to communicate and work things out. So that kind of comes to mind. But the biggest disagreement that I can think of recently is probably over whether or not we should buy Atlanta United season tickets. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) Going in the sore spot. (laughs) Uh, We are. and So many of our friends had tickets and we went back and forth and back and forth and Joel really wanted them. And I just did not feel like it was a wise decision for where we were at the time to spend money on that. Plus, I just don't know that much about soccer. I'm really getting into it and I love Atlanta United. It just was not my passion like it was Joel's necessarily. (laughs) So it just took a lot of conversations. I wouldn't say it was a huge fight or this huge disagreement. We just probably talked about it every three days for for a few weeks as to whether or not we should do it. And we just finally decided, no, if we weren't both on board, it was not a great decision. Yep. I I mean, I think it was good for us too. It's good for us to talk through something like that for a long time and come to a conclusion that, you know, works for both of us because we're both in it. That's a big purchase. And, uh, I certainly don't have enough in my line item of the budget to justify that. And so it it would have been something that both of us would have had to really take on and consider. And so, uh, we came to the right conclusion for us. And so I I think we ended up with some of my like birthday money or something. I bought a four pack of cheap seats. And so that was kind of like the middle ground for us. And, you know, I got to go to a few games this year and, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and, and, you know, not having season tickets really, it it hasn't been that big of a deal. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) You might cry a little bit on game days. I mean, seriously though, that's a conversation we had to have. We also talked about it every three days for three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But I mean, ultimately, we spent a lot of time talking about it and we identified that this was something that we both wanted to do, right? It's something that we were both 100% behind. It was just more of a matter of how much we were willing to spend, right? And so we were both 100% wanting to do it. And it was just like, well, we're going to spend this much or we're going to spend double this for better seats. And for us, that was a tougher conversation because it kind of came down to numbers. I think our biggest financial disagreement recently i feel like this is what emily was saying too it's not necessarily that we had this big disagreement it's just that it was more of something we had to talk about a lot longer than maybe it seems like we should have talked about it but we've talked for a long time about having airbnb in our basement we're thinking about adding an apartment to our basement is no longer apartment that matt is going to dig out by hand thankfully i don't know if you listened to that episode but we're not doing that anymore somebody's going to build an apartment in our basement. Which is a shame because we're at the beach and Matt has been digging like mad. He's so good at digging. He is. I I really like digging, guys. (laughs) And he's really taught the girls. I mean, you could have some little four-year-old helpers in that basement with you. Got to lead by example. That might be against child labor laws. I don't know. (laughs) Our family isn't going to dig out our basement, but someone else is. And so we talked for a long time about Airbnb and the income potential with it as well as the drawbacks of it. And I was more on the... I had problems with the privacy of it, and I was a little worried about the noise 
issues. I didn't want our girls to feel like they were walking on eggshells if there was someone in our basement. So we've talked through a lot of that and worked out some privacy solutions and um, drawn some lines of responsibility of who's going to do what. And it made me comfortable finally to go ahead and pull the trigger to start that process. So I think that's something that we didn't necessarily disagree about, but we didn't both understand how it was going to work best for our family or agree what we needed to do. That's probably most recently what we've disagreed slash talked about most. Yeah, so I will say these are these things that are, are big disagreements seem pretty trivial, I think, probably compared to what a lot of people are going through, have gone through, or what they've seen, you know, modeled by, you know, their parents or other people that they look up to even who have had big financial struggles. And I've seen those financial struggles in other people and in people that I look up to and admire. And so yeah, we've been really fortunate uh, that we haven't had any major knockdown, drag out financial disagreements. Uh, the key, uh, it, you know, if there are major student loans or, you know, big credit card debt that you're getting into a relationship with is to be open and honest about it so that you can tackle it together. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that hinders a relationship is dishonesty. And so if you are not honest with your partner about the financial struggles of your past or the debt that you're bringing into the relationship, or your you know 540 credit score, whatever it is, those things you know, should be brought up you know, over time. Your partner, if they're uh, a good committed partner, they're not going to run away from you. When you come with honesty, they will want to meet you there and will want to work on it together. And so becoming a team when it comes to finances, uh, that's the goal. I, again, we don't do it perfectly, but you know we're working on it and, and we're getting there and we have to have these long drawn out discussions about you know building an Airbnb in our basement or buying soccer tickets, whatever it may be. But ultimately, honesty is the best policy and is crucial when it comes to some of these financial discussions. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money 
I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Awesome. Yeah, so that was the biggest, you know, sort of disagreement, or at least the process that we sort of go through when we are faced with opposing opinions, at least. So for you guys, what joy have you experienced from the way that you guys handle your finances? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is just we've had some freedom to travel and because we've been smart and cut back in particular areas, it's allowed us to do things like go on vacation like we are now or to just kind of enjoy, go out to dinner when we want and not be stressed about it. So that's just kind of like small daily joys. But I think a huge joy that it's provided me is that Joel being smart about money and being willing to work hard with the rentals and kind of hustle where he does, I'm able to stay at home my income isn't relied upon. And so I do work outside of the home, but very, very part-time. And that's actually just a really huge joy that we don't have the burden of needing two incomes, that I have an incredibly flexible schedule. If something's, one of my kids are sick and they can't go to school, there's just, I'm really flexible to be there. It's just a lifestyle I really appreciate and really am thankful for his foresight that's kind of allowed me really some kind of financial independence, which I know we'll talk about, but that's, it's kind of allowed that for me already in a sense. And that's a huge joy. Yeah. I'm, I, that's what I'm truly thankful about with the way we handle our finances more than anything, more than a vacation or, you know, and we talked about on the why of money, there's a few things that Emily and I value the most. And, and those are the things that other people might not care about at all, like travel or folk art I mentioned uh, in that episode. Uh, and we, 
put some of our money towards those things every year. But ultimately, in my opinion, nothing matters more than being able to choose whether you work or not. And, and um, you know, I always want you to work if you want to work. But the great thing is you don't have to. And so it's been really awesome for you to be home with our girls for the most part. Uh, and and what that's done for us lifestyle-wise and community-wise, how we've been able to, you know, participate in our community as opposed to, you know, both working 50 hours a week rental properties were a huge part of that. It has just been the greatest joy for me in in finances and, and the way we handle our money. All right, Kate, what's the biggest joy you have experienced from the way your family handles your money? I think rather than joy, I might say freedom, which I think you guys mentioned too. I think uh, there's been a lot of freedom that has come from the way we handle our finances. I think it's been, for me, I before we came into this relationship, I kind of had this perspective that you like spend as little as you can. And anytime I did spend money, I kind of felt guilty about it. And anytime I went out, I didn't really enjoy myself because I felt like I should spend as little as I could. But I think with, with the way that Matt views money, we get to choose an amount to spend on something. And the way I view it is more like, this is the amount of money I have to spend on this. And I think that's been a huge shift for me in the way I view money. Like, this is what I've decided to spend and I can spend it guilt-free. And, it, and money is not about guilt. It is about the decisions that we've made together and the goals that we've set together and us achieving those. And so there's been so much freedom in that for me that I don't feel this guilt all the time when I go out and, and spend money. Yeah, I just, I so appreciate what Kate just said because I remember we talked about this a long time ago, Kate just saying there's freedom in, in spending this amount. You need to spend this amount because you've budgeted it. And that's just been really helpful for me to know that you don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel guilty about this. Like it's in the budget and this is the purpose. So go for it. Yeah, Kate, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because it actually makes me think of, so the practical advice for the newlyweds, this is sort of a, maybe a more practical thing for folks to, to consider, but I would even suggest going to some sort of financial seminar or something like that, right? Like you go, if you're looking at marriage, you're, you go through pre-marriage counseling I mean, with money being the number one reason why couples fight and get in arguments and, and why relationships suffer, like that's something that you need to invest time and effort and energy into. And we didn't mention this earlier, but this is, I mean, that's something that Kate and I did before we got married. We went, <laughs> this is sort of why I have the Dave Ramsey dropout moniker, uh, you know, on my name. But Kate and I went to the Dave Ramsey like event and I was, man, I was all about the Dave Ramsey plan. And that was sort of how we started talking about money. Since then, we have changed. We definitely do things that don't align with the Dave Ramsey way. Uh, and that's fine. But for us, that got us, that was a huge way that got us talking about money and sort of put it on the table as something that we could address. It wasn't just this thing that was unspoken and something that we never talked about. So yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that real quick because that's maybe a practical thing to, to consider is uh, yeah, a financial counseling session or a financial seminar or something like that where the basics are addressed. Yeah. Or listening to a great podcast together or reading a good book together. Like there are some fantastic financial resources, yeah. many of which are free at your local library or on your podcast app. And uh, going through something like that together, going through some specific uh, topic ideas uh, when, that in, in relation to money, I mean, that's a great way to then, you know, discuss them afterwards. That's super helpful. They can often give you kind of a base level of information and then something to then discuss together as a couple. I would say also just talking about money with friends has been really huge and very helpful for us as well. Money can be a really sensitive 
kind of taboo topic, but to be able to put it on the table and to talk to friends has really taken out some of the mystery and stress from it. So like, for example, Kate is just amazing in the kitchen and is great with a budget on what she spends with food. And I've just asked for a lot of help. Like, how do you cook what and how do you combine this and and what do you spend? And that has been really insightful and helpful. And it's just, there's great expectations. I've asked friends who have kids who are a little bit, you know, further along than we are. What do I expect for expenses here or there? You know, what purchases do I really need for my kids? What do I not need? So community really has been invaluable in, in knowing how to talk about money together as a couple too. It's really has been a group process in a lot of ways. And by the way, there were some great questions on the Facebook group uh, about kids and meal planning and saving money on groceries. And we'll get to those hopefully in future episodes, but we really wanted to stick to kind of the core topic of couples and money. And so on that note, Connor had a question and said, do you guys agree as a couple on the goal of financial independence? Matt, I'll let y'all take that one first. Yeah, Connor, that's an awesome question. And so first, I think we'll go ahead and sort of define uh, at least what financial independence is for Kate and I, which is for us, it's having the option to continue working and the work that we're doing or to potentially scale back and have more time to ourselves. For us, it's really about having the option to do the kind of work that we want to do and, and, and even to do as much or as little work as we want to do. I don't know if that's the best definition, but I mean, that's the definition we're going to work from for this question for us. And so, Kate, what are your thoughts? I think we do agree on what financial independence looks like for us. Like, it doesn't look like not working anymore. It doesn't look like retirement. It, it looks like working where we want to work as often as we want to and having our time at our own fingertips and not sacrificing that for financial independence a little bit earlier where we could, you know, we could work harder now and be financially independent, be willing to be in the position to choose what we do and how often we do it a little bit sooner. But um, we're choosing to balance that a little bit with the time we have with our girls now at the ages that they are. I think they need a lot of physical presence. And that's something that we've had to discuss, not necessarily because we disagreed, but just because we needed to figure out for our family what made the most sense for the ages that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, Kate. I mean, that's awesome. That's something we have talked about and I can, we are in agreement there. It's financial independence is something that we want to achieve, um, but not at the expense of the short-term goals. This isn't something we have to revisit and talk about because we feel that our goals have changed. It's just because sometimes it's easy to lose that vision of what we want our life to look like now. And so what I mean by that is like you hear about vision leak when it comes to like marketing and things like that. You have to kind of remind people what the goal is, what, what you want to do, what message you want to send out with marketing. I mean, for our lives, it's the same thing. We, we stated that there are certain values and certain goals that we want to prioritize now, but the world and our jobs and just everything around us pulls on us in, in the other direction to, to spend our time elsewhere. And so it's easy to find ourselves in this cycle of busyness and nonstop schedules and work and just everything that kind of comes along with life. And so the discussions we have are essentially to kind of recenter us, not to have these discussions for the first time. So it's just like a tune-up. The discussions we have uh, tend to be more of a, I would say like a tune-up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's interesting when you have a variable income and when you work for yourself, I think we have the potential of overworking ourselves just by choice 
of going for this financial independence goal as hard and as fast as we can, we can make that decision to work a lot more than we do. So it is a very, it's an active conversation that we're kind of always engaged in. We talk about it a lot and we're constantly looking at the calendar. When can Matt book? When can Matt not book? And so I think it's, for us, it's just this very tangible thing that we're constantly talking about because when we don't work, we don't make money. And when we do work, we do. So it seems like, oh, we could work all the time. But choosing to not work has been super valuable for us. And I think um, a really hard decision, honestly. Yeah, Kate, well said. Uh, how about you guys? So I think we agree on the goal of financial independence when we define that as freedom, right? Freedom is a gift, really, in so many different ways. So when you have the freedom to choose how you want to work and how you want to make money and what you can kind of do with your time. I think we're all for that. I don't think financial independence is the idol in which we sacrifice everything on our, all of our budget and all of our energy is not directed towards that. Like we aren't on that train a hundred percent because life happens and we need to, we have unexpected expenses or sometimes we want to go over budget for this trip. And that's more important than reaching financial independence by a certain date. So I do think it is the goal we have in mind and we agree upon that. And I think we are more frugal in some areas because we do want that to happen. But we have to be human about it. There's a lot of humanity in that as well. And sometimes, you know, you have to take your two-year-old to the doctor and pay you $200 to get an x-ray to be told that she can't poop. So <laughs> life happens, you know, and you just have to be able to ride that train and, and not be derailed. So wait, your two year old or Joel? <laughs> well, I didn't want to embarrass them. <laughs> Our two year old. So yes, we agree on that goal, but it's not what dictates all of our budget and all of our life. Yeah, I think that, you know, the financial independence space is growing so much. It's such a popular thing to talk about. And it's such a noble goal. I think first we have to realize that we live in a time and a place and an age where it's possible for some people. And that's kind of amazing and magnificent in this way that, you know, for a lot of human history and for a lot of people right now, it's not possible. And so I think it takes a lot of like humility and perspective just to understand the fact that it's kind of a modern convenience and possibility that financial independence at an early age in your, you know, thirties or forties or fifties is, is possible. That's kind of crazy and new. And so I think that that needs to be said. And so I think for us, be, you know, knowing that that's the case, but seeing that it is a possibility, I think it is, a, you know, a worthwhile aim for us. And for a lot of people, really, it's it's not terribly hard to seek under the constraints of a normal salary with, you know, you know, one income or one and a part income. And I think that's amazing. Like that's, that's really, really crazy and cool. But again, I think just like Emily said, like if that's your, your end goal, if that's the end all be all, and my life will be fantastic once I am financially independent, once I am retired early at the age of 42 or whatever it is, if that's your goal and your sole focus, once you hit that mark at 42, you're going to be pretty bummed out because it's not going to meet all your expectations. And so, you know, I think it is a worthy aspiration, but I think just like we've been talking about, it is something that needs to be changed over time and discussed with your partner. And, and if you need to, de to delay financial independence because you got a crazy doctor bill or because you just have other decisions you need to make in your life that work best for your family, man, 
those are decisions that are important and uh, you shouldn't you know sacrifice the well-being of your family just for you know reaching that financial independence number at an earlier time for the record i just want to say that bill was 219 dollars to find out she was constipated <laughs> so do you guys have any other i guess some final thoughts before we wrap this up my final thoughts would just be really a summary of what we've said in so many different ways, but it's just to take the time to communicate, to communicate with yourself, what you think about money, your expectations, your own goals, and then communicate with your partner as well. Because the way you spend money is not just about the money. It's really indicative of a lot of things, of the way you view the world, of the way you view your time, of the way you view yourself. And so that just takes a little bit of extra communication. And, and that's, that's just going to take some time and that's going to take some processing and it's probably going to be a little messy and maybe uncomfortable when you do it with your partner or even friends, but it's worth the effort and just jump in. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great advice. I think too, it, it's going to take humility on both sides of the coin. And so whether it's your previous money mistakes or something that your partner has done that you disagree with or you think was a terrible idea and it, and it affects both of you. It takes a lot of humility to enter into those conversations and to be gracious to the person that you love and care about. But you have to enter into those conversations about money with that perspective. And remember that you know, money issues, obviously, you know, as Matt mentioned earlier, are one of the major reasons that lead to fights among couples. And the only way to kind of back that down is to remember that this is the person I love the most. And so the money problem that you're having right now, you can get through it the person is more important than the problem that's right in front of your eyes. Yeah, guys, that's, that's some awesome stuff. And I will say too, uh, listen back to episode 12. Uh, that's the episode we talked about, the why behind money. And some of this stuff too, you may not even know yourself. And so it's hard to talk about it with your spouse or significant other when you're not totally sure why you are even doing this yourself, right? Like what are your goals yourself? You need to have thought about these things some when you come to that conversation so you can kind of be willing to share and to have these goals uh, that you can both work towards. It takes a lot of self-awareness to even have these discussions. So back to the beer. Yeah. So again, tonight we drank Bulletproof Denali from Southern Swells Brewing Company, a local brewery right down the street from where we're staying here in Jack's Beach. This is a New England style India pale ale and absolutely delicious. Uh, we all finished them some quicker than others. <laughs> and uh, I was very thirsty, I think, because uh, again, I'm dehydrated from the beach. And, <laughs> and beer cures dehydration, right? <laughs> beer and coffee. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, it was delicious, man. That was so good. And uh, this definitely makes me want to take our next beach vacation. Yes. Here in Jack's Beach again. When can you go to the beach and have legit fantastic beer? I, and I don't think it's just because we happened to stumble upon it, you know, when we were going to the store and just were like, oh, what's that? Let's go check it out. I think I can honestly say that this is very good beer. This is very, very good stuff. It totally is. I might have to go pick some up to take home with me. Yeah. Ladies, thank you all so much for recording with us. This is totally awesome and a fun way to spend a night uh, here at the beach, right? What do you all think? Yes, it was great. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. And like I said, there's going to be other topics, you know, from kids to groceries and stuff like that. And we'll bring our wives back on for some of those conversations because yeah, this it'd be has awesome. been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. As always, we'll have some notes up there for this show. And don't forget to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. That just helps other people find out about How to Money. We'd really appreciate it. Also, hit the subscribe button while you're there. Yeah. So until next time, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Best friends out. Best friends out.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to Brand New on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.